Hello, and welcome to the We Talk Structures podcast. Here's your host, Mytili Gadge, with today's episode on offshore engineering and its importance with Aditya. Aditya Norote is a postgraduate structural engineer and a graduate civil engineer. He is working as an offshore structural engineer for more than two years in the oil and gas industry. He is responsible to check the structural integrity and performing finite element analysis of structures. Hello, structure lovers. Hi, Aditya. So, Aditya, can you please tell us what are offshore structures and what are different types of offshore structures? So, the structures used for exploration of oil and gas through drilling and mining in seabed are called offshore structures. Basically, the material used for construction of offshore structures is steel due to its high yield strength, ease in fabrication and ductile behavior. So these structures are fabricated in yards and then they are transported to the location where the operations are to be performed. So when the oil and gas is extracted, it is like processed, processed uh, in the sense like the impurities are removed out. So this process is done either offshore or onshore. If the coastal area is near, it is done on the land, otherwise it is done on offshore itself. So Coming to the types of offshore structures, offshore structures are categorized in three types, fixed structures, semi-submersible or compliant structures, and the last one is the floating structures. So fixed structures, these structures are early structures or ancient structures used for offshore engineering. Example of fixed structure is a jacket structure. It is made up of hollow pipe sections which are integrated together to form a rigid structure. So since the structure is rigid, Time period varies from 3 seconds to 6 seconds. As the structure is rigid, like that means it has high stiffness. So due to its high stiffness, catastrophic failure can be seen in these structures. Imagine this to be a cantilevered structure where one end is fixed to the seabed and other end at the water surface. The reason why it is rigid is to withstand high lateral forces from the sea waves. So they are connected to the seabed with the help of piles and spud can. And then since they are connected to the seabed, Soil investigations uh, are to be carried out like the bearing capacity of the soil, soil stiffness, nature of soil and so on. So height of the structure is one of the limitations. Usually these structures are 400 to 600 meter in height. As the height increases, rigidity of structure increase which may lead to catastrophic failure. Also it won't be economical to design and install such structures. So to overcome these limitations, compliant or semi-submersible structures were developed. So these structures were flexible and deformation-induced structures. Usually, there is a hull which floats on the water surface and this hull is connected to the seabed by means of cables and wires. We can say that these are energy dissipating structures as the cables and wires carry the lateral wave forces. Imagine the structure in its original position, I mean the cables are vertical. So when it is subjected to lateral force, the wires are inclined. So the resultant force in the wire will be resolved in horizontal and vertical component. The horizontal component will resist the lateral load and the vertical component will resist the bion force or the uplift force on the hull. So this is how the cables help in dissipating the energy. But the issue with this is that the recentering or bringing the structure back to its original position. Also, the sagging of wires may lead to uneven distribution of forces resulting in failure. The advantage with this type of structure is that there won't be any catastrophic failure. Even if the wires fail, the structure won't collapse, like it will float on the water. Also, the structure won't be subjected to earthquake forces. 
as the base is not directly connected to the seabed. So like these are some of the benefits of semi-submersible or compliant structures. So the last one is the floating structures. Floating structures are the latest advancement in offshore engineering. These are like FPSO, FLNG, FSO, according to the operations like intended to perform their design. So like these are the emerging structures we can say because it overcomes all the earlier limitations. Firstly, like it is a mobile unit. So the process of installing and uninstalling the structure can be skipped. Secondly, they can be used when where there is water depth, like for deep water depth say up to 2000 meter or 1500 meter or 2500 meters of water depth. Also, there is no requirement of any other structure for transportation as it itself is a mobile movable structure. Whereas for like other structures, if you want to transport, they are kept on a barge and then they are pulled by some other location, by some other structures and then they are transported to some other locations. So these floating structures, they are made stable with the help of mooring arrangements like uh, OC, IMF and MEC. Four has some has mentioned some standard practices for mooring arrangements. Mooring is like that vessel or that floating structure is made stable at a particular location with the help of tendons, wires, and cables. So this is like the, these are those offshore structures. Yeah, that's right. So what are the codes we use for offshore structure designing? Yeah, there are various regulatory society and class for approval out of which widely used are DNV and ABS rules. DNV is the Norwegian society and ABS is the American class. If you go to the DNV websites, all the offshore and marine standard codes and recommended practices are present. API, RP2A and ABS modu and AISC, these are the American codes used for offshore structures. And uh, for coming to the design philosophy, there are two methods. First one is the LRFD and the second is the ultimate state method. If you are considering the strength up to yield, then LRFD, load and resistance factor design method is used, where there are two factors considered, one for material and another for the load. Based on the type of load, the load factor changes. If you want to go beyond yield, that is post-elastic region or non-linear behavior, then ultimate strength method can be used. So yeah. what loads are considered for analysis and what are the different type of analysis we do on offshore structures? Yeah, the loads considered are some fundamental loads like gravity loads, environmental loads, inertia loads. If you say gravity loads, this includes the self-weight of the structure. I mean the superstructure, the substructure, live load, also known as the walkway loads. Like environmental loads, if you come towards environmental loads, loads like wind, wave and current loads are considered. So in this like wind speed at 10 meter elevation from sea level is considered. The reason why it is considered at 10 meter elevation is to avoid the turbulence effect of water at sea level. Then this wind speed is scaled up using the past wind profile. So as to get the wind speed at different elevation. Usually there is one wind profile based on some past investigations. So it is scaled using that wind profile. And then wave loading is based on wave theory. Initially there was ARIS theory which was also known as the linear wave theory because it considers like smaller crest and trough. So, but it assumes that the wave is linear, but actually the wave is sinusoidal, right? So to define it, we need some higher order variables. So then the Stokes theory came into effect, which considered some higher order variables, like first order, second order. And so the Stokes theory was also known as non-linear theory. A non-linear theory as it like replicates the actual waveform. And main is the Morrison equation, which considers the drag and inertia coefficients. Drag coefficient is based on the fluid velocity 
whereas inertia coefficient considers the diameter of the structure or length of the structure then inertia loads like based on the dl numbers principle whenever any mass undergoes acceleration it tries to resist or try to remain in its original state so this type of loading can be seen during transit condition these are some inertial loads so during transit like due to wave motion some accelerations are imparted to the structure then there are accidental loads these loads are caused like these are impact loads you can say there is some fire or some blast of an equipment or like failure of an equipment so these are categorized under accidental loads then there are seismic loads and earthquake loads then there are fatigue loads like whenever material undergoes repetitive loading over a period of time or for equal interval of time it weakens the material resulting in cracks or failure so for this type fatigue analysis is carried out which is based on sn curves then there are vibration loads vibration loads are due to operation of equipment generators or engines like it imparts vibrations uh, to the structure then speaking about analysis like fixed structures like for fixed structures there are two types of analysis like first one is the pre service analysis and the second one is the in place analysis pre service analysis is the analysis performed from the point the structure is loaded out from the yard to the point where the structure is to be commissioned or installed so in pre service analysis there is lifting analysis so like the uh, superstructure or the substructure its weight is like around 1000 to 2000 tons it needs to be lifted and placed on a barge so for that lifting analysis is performed here the care is taken that the cg of the structure is in line with the lifting point otherwise if there is an eccentricity then there might be some movement due to that upward and vertical force that might collapse the structure the thing important in lifting analysis are the wires and cables and the padi connections so if one of the wire or cable like sags or shortens in length then it won't take that load so that load will be taken by another wire or cable which it is not designed for so that might fail that rope so when this is lifted this is placed on a barge and that barge consists of some structure on this structure this superstructure or substructure is kept so that structure on which this superstructure or substructure rests that needs to be checked for the compressive load so that thing is done in the loadout analysis then this barge is transported to the point where it needs to be commissioned or installed so during its transportation accelerations are imparted to this due to wave motion so that comes under transportation analysis and at the time when it reaches to the point where it needs to be commissioned or installed then this structure is allowed to like enter the water either by sliding or by lifting with the help of crane so when this structure enters into the water based on the center of buoyancy the structure can be in any position need not be vertical so with the help of crane then it is made vertical and then it is fixed to the seabed so then coming to the in place analysis when the structure is installed then it undergoes like different types of loading environmental loading like wave and vibration loading so in place analysis like usually we perform static analysis dynamic analysis impact analysis global analysis local vibration analysis so in static analysis we consider mainly gravity gravity loads environmental loads and inertia loads dynamic analysis also same thing like but we consider seismic and wave loading also in this case or blast loads also then in impact analysis we check whether the strain energy of the structure i mean stored energy of the structure can absorb the kinetic energy of the moving structure like whenever kinetic energy is generated when a mass 
moves with certain velocity so that kinetic energy should be absorbed by the structure so that stiffness of the structure should be sufficient enough to absorb that energy so that thing is considered in impact analysis or accidental analysis and in vibration analysis whenever any equipments generators or engines like undergoes operations in their operating condition they impart some vibrations to the structure so the care is to be taken that the excitation frequency of this equipments or generators should not match with the natural frequency of the structure so for that initially we perform pre vibration analysis in that we calculate the natural frequency of the structure various mode shapes of the structure i mean the eigen values and eigen vectors and then to these mode shapes uh, we superimpose this excitation frequency and then we check whether there is a any resonance effect or something if there is resonance effect i mean where the natural frequency of the structure matches with the excitation frequency then we need to alter the stiffness of the structure like either we we need to increase or decrease so based on that we perform the vibration analysis so the force that the process of creating excitation frequency with natural frequency like it is called force frequency analysis that is like time domain and frequency domain then the next is the fatigue analysis as i told earlier it is done with the help of sn curves like each material is tested in lab for the sn curve sn curve is stress versus number of number of cycles curve so there are various curves for various materials for what particular stress what number of cycles it can take so that is considered in this fatigue design yeah these things are done fatigue design like it is mostly done for cranes where there are repetitive loadings those kind of stuff yeah that's it all right so what are the structures that are present on superstructures and how offshore structures are installed yeah on superstructures you can see like there is crane pedestal boom rest boom rest is there then that uh, there is burner boom then there is helideck helideck is there like lot many structures will be there pipe racks will be there and there are some equipment supporting structures some skids will be there a type frames will be there and this kind of structures will be there and what you are saying how the offshore structures are installed okay like i like i told you right that pre service analysis like it goes through all that stages from the yard it is loaded out on a barge and then that barge is transported to the point where it needs to be commissioned and then there is that appending process then it is taken out from that barge and that structure enters into the water and then that structure is fixed and then that superstructure superstructure also goes through the same process and then with the help of crane it is lifted and fixed to the substructure that kind of thing is there. yeah so what would you like to say in the conclusion yeah offshore engineering is a good one like now slowly this uh, this sector is converting to like energy related projects they are doing energy related projects as you see energy is the future requirement so this is a good sector if you want to work towards energy generation definitely opt for this sector yeah thank you aditya we hope you enjoyed this week's episode on offshore engineering and its importance see you in the next episode Till then, stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave an awesome rating and review on iTunes.